I was out last week, and um, and it was it was for a a reason. And usually, uh, these kind of things, um, you know, how many of you how many of you like you like to uh, be you know you like to move, you like exercise, you like to get out of the house a little bit. Wave at me if you like you know you you want to get mobile and you know what I mean well the, the last week the reason why I wasn't here was because uh, actually um, I you know I, I enjoy I enjoy getting out I, ha- I have some goals that I want to to accomplish and you know I love the gym and I love going and I love it's like therapy for me right but I have some goals and I want to go to a certain place and and I've noticed probably about once a year, um, I would have this issue with my back that would go completely out and my whole torso would be like crooked. And like what, what, I, what I did before is I would just go to the urgent care and I would uh, take some medicine and uh, be kind of like walking around like a grandpa for two days, laid up, and then it would be over. Well, I actually had something on the calendar to uh, this kind of, this happened on like a Wednesday, and I had something on the calendar to see our overseers in Dallas, and I was feeling it, and Leo was like, you sure you shouldn't just like take it easy and just kind of like relax? I was like, I know what I'm doing. I've done this before. You know, this is kind of the journey. She's like, you sure you don't want to just kind of, I was like, it's okay. So I go to Dallas. I'm hanging out with some of our overseers, just getting sharpened up for here at home, and man, this something happened to my back where it was like it went to another level. It was like it hit this sciatic nerve. I was in. I've had kidney stones before. This was another level, and I had to go back. Uh, I had to. I had to. I had to come back home on a plane. I mean, the person I was sitting next to thought I had Tourette's or something because I could not get comfortable. I was hurting. I was hurting, and it came to the point. It came to the point. Where, you know, Leah's like, well, maybe you should, like, get this checked out. And, you know, that's when you're like, I've done this before. I'm just going to wait a few days. And she's like, maybe you should go. And so I finally break because I notice that I can only go so far with this issue. And so I go to the doctor, and I don't want to hear what the doctor has to say. Does anybody track? Like, I don't want to hear surgery. I don't want to hear whatever. Have you ever felt in pain or you were in a certain place and everybody's aggravating you? I mean everybody, everybody. When I'm at the airport, you got your, your guys and, you know, you, they just got done working out and they're complaining and you're like, shut up, I, I'm hurting right now. You know what I mean? The Uber driver is not pulling the seat up and you're like wanting to sprawl out. You're mad at everybody. When you're hurting, you're in pain, you're in a bad place, you start to like, I'm looking at other people like jogging around. Look at you jogging around and working out while I'm like here stuck with your little shorts on, you know what I mean? I, like, it will, it, will, it will make you insane because you're like, I'm in this state, I want to be in that state, and I am just getting mad at everybody. You didn't say a big deal, you told me to go to the other line, but I want to strangle you right now because I'm in pain. Ever been there before? It really is true. And I had to, uh, I had to be in a place where I was frustrated and I had to make a decision. Because I'm like, hey, I'm young. I'm taking care of myself. Why in the world am I feeling this way? And then people start to tell you, like, oh, I had that too. And I, I've never gotten rid of that. And it's just, you're getting older, man. You're getting older. And I am. I'm creeping. I'm 40. We're not have to talk about it. Trey doesn't know how old he is. I don't have to know how, how old I am. Uh, 
and look, man, you're going to have to take medicine forever. And, and then you come down to the place, and you start noticing everybody in the airport and around that has a limp, and you're like, please, God, I don't want to be that. <laughs> please. You know, and then you start to get in your mind, like, uh, you start picturing your mind, like, you're, you're going to be limping your whole life and hurting your whole life, and then you're starting to feel sorry for yourself, and then you have to come into a moment. Either I'm going to live like this, or I'm going to get some help. Either I'm going to live like this, I'm going to get some help. So Leah, you know, which is also your wives kind of speak for the Holy Spirit sometimes, you know, uh, <laughs> I was like, all right, let's go. So we go, and the doctor's like, listen, this is the thing. You're going to, you're, you're doing these things, but to be honest, you're only getting so far because there are certain things you need to work out in your spine and in your hip, and there's certain therapy, and they're saying, like, how much water you drink? I'm like, five cups, you know what I mean? Like, I think enough, and they're like, you need to drink this much water, and you need to do these kind of things to strengthen your core and strengthen different things around what the problem is so that you actually won't have this problem anymore, and you can reach your goals and go to the next level. It's the same for us with our walk with God. We want to do great things for God. We want to go to another place. But there are times where there are things that God wants to get in alignment. And until we get those things in alignment, we're only going to go so far. And God is saying, hey, I want you to come into a place of royalty and blessing and overflow and freedom. But there might be some things that need to get in alignment for you to go there. I know that we just want to hear that everything's going to be okay, everything's going to be all right. But they, they don't ask me to come up here just to tickle ears but to say the truth. And the truth is sometimes we got to get a little thing in line or we're only going to go so far and we're not going to hit what we're wanting to hit. It is God's grace and blessing on your life. But he will give you a grace to do things beyond your strength. And so sometimes we're waiting for the blessing. And God is waiting for us to go to him and to get things in alignment so that he can be able to, or he's allowing us to conquer. This is the thing. When you're serving God, you will either cave or you'll conquer. You will either cave or you'll conquer. You'll say, man, I've tried, I've tried really, and I've gone this far, and I will just, going through the motions is caving. It's not conquering. But God wants you to conquer. Look at your neighbor and say, God wants you to conquer. How many of you know that God has put people in your life to be able to conquer? And sometimes we want to avoid, but God's given us a church. The church is actually a vehicle to help you fulfill your purpose. And sometimes we have to say, uh, you know, we want to be like me. Like, let me just go to a urgent care and get some medicine and go on down the road. And people use that just like church. Let me go to church, make myself feel better, go on down the road. But we still get hit with the same roadblocks. And God's saying, no, you need a great physician to get some things out and tweak some things so that you can go to the next level. How many of you want to look back next year and you're at another level spiritually than you are right now? Yes. Me too. Me too. How come we think that we should get challenged in every area to be successful in our life, but in our spiritual world, we think that we don't need to get challenged at all. And able to conquer, there is challenge. 
And I'm here to tell you that God can get you further than you can take yourself. And there are people that want to wrap arms and help you out. But until you go to that great physician and say, I'm tired of living like this, we will only cave instead of conquer. That's what Paul said. He said, I know what it's like to live in lack. I know what it's like to live in abundance. I know what it's like to, to live you know, in bad times and good times, but this is what I train myself to do. I know this. I know this. He says, uh, uh, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Can we say that together? I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. One more time. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Go study the word all. It means all. All things. God can give you strength to do all things. See, he says, to be able, I can do all things and conquer every difficulty. That word conquer, that's a kingly term. That's a royal term. See, just like I had to remind myself in this spot when I'm really frustrated of who, I'm, who I am and where I need to go, I want to remind you of today of who you are and what God is calling you to do. Can we do that today? See, because God has a blessing for you. God has a blessing for you, and to be honest, God is going to empower you and give you the grace to go and get it. See, God had a blessing for the nation of Israel. Nation of Israel got out of Egypt, right, and they're going in the promised land. And listen to what the blessing that God said that Israel can have. Can we read it? We can learn from it. Deuteronomy 6, 4 through 12. Listen, O Israel, the Lord is your God, the Lord alone. And you must love the Lord God with all your heart, all your soul, all your strength. And you must commit yourself wholeheartedly to these commands that I am giving you today. Repeat them again and again to your children. Talk about them at your home and when you are on the road and when you're going to bed and when you're getting up. Tie them to your hands and wear them on your forehead as reminders. Say reminders. Write them on the doorpost of your house and on your gates. The Lord your God will soon bring you into a land he swore to give you. This is for somebody today. The Lord your God will soon bring you into the land he swore to give you when you made the vow to your ancestors, when he made the vow, ancestors Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Listen to this. It is a land with large, prosperous cities that you did not build. Listen to this. Listen to the blessing. The houses will be richly stocked with goods that you did not produce. You will draw water from cisterns that you did not dig, and you will eat from vineyards and olive trees that you did not plant. When you have eaten your fill in this land, be careful not to forget the Lord who rescued you from slavery and through Egypt. That is a huge blessing. That is a huge promise. God has promises for our lives as well. God has promises for us. He wants to prosper us. He wants to help us. But after God gave them this promise, then he said, you know what? I need ten spies to go check out this land before you conquer it. So you had ten spies that went and checked out the land. And this is the problem. It was a land flowing with milk and honey. It was a land that was conquered. They said the grapes are the size of grapefruits. I mean, it was a prosperous land. God has a prosperous land for you. But this is the problem. It had fortified cities, and they had giants in the land. It had obstacles to get into the blessing. How many of you know that there are obstacles to get into what God has called you to get into? 
And the Bible says that eight of the ten people came back and said, we are like grasshoppers compared to these giants. But I love what Joshua and Caleb said. Because they wrote the vision down. They wrote the promise down. Everywhere they went, they would look and they would observe and they would talk to their families. Everything reminded them of the vision and the promise of God. And they begin to say, no, God is with us. We can take the land. He said, we can take the land. We are conquerors. We are generals. One group saw themselves as grasshoppers. The other group saw themselves as generals. The one that saw themselves as grasshoppers never entered the land. But the generations of Joshua and Caleb that saw themselves as generals entered that land. How many of you want to be generals instead of grasshoppers? The Bible says in Proverbs 23, 7, for as he thinks in his heart, so is he. How do you see yourself? How do you view yourself? When you see God correctly, you'll start to view yourself correctly. And he's a good father. And he has his nature in you. He says, this is the promise for your life. Now believe my promise, believe who I am, and have me to give you the grace and conquer it. I'm going to give you the grip of grace to come into this royal, this royalty, and you're going to begin to have favor with me. You're going to begin to have favor with God, and you're going to step into the blessing that only I can bring in your life. Do you believe that? And so I want to give you something today. I want to give you something. I told... Uh, Trey to come up at 11.45, so I know when the end. But uh, I, I have five marks of royalty, five marks of royalty. To be honest, I didn't preach last week. That means I'm really stored up, so I'll probably only get to two points today, just to warn you. So this is the first thing, five marks to royalty. Look at your name and say, you are royalty. I didn't say it. God said it. This is not just a positive speech or a positive talk. God said, you are royalty. That means you think a certain way. That means you think a certain way. That's why he said, this is who you are. This is your promise. Write it down everywhere. Tell your kids. Talk about it all the time. I want it to get not only in your head but in your spirit and your emotions and to the point where you believe it and you walk it out. This is the first mark of royalty today. The first mark of royalty is that you think big. You don't see any king or priest that thinks small because he knows his place in the kingdom. The first thing that God wants you to begin to do is to think bigger and beyond what you can do. You don't want to end your life and say, I just coasted through life doing only what I thought I was able to do. God has people for you to reach. God has places for you to go. God has things for you to conquer. But he wants you to see who he is and see who you are in him. So let me ask you this. What image, what image do you have of yourself? This is huge. This is huge. Because the Bible says that we are made in God's image. If you look at that word image, it is, it is the root word of imagination. God saw us before he ever saw us and created us. So let me ask you this. What image do you have? He said you are made in the very image of God. 
So the way God creates, the way God operates, the way God does things, he says, you have my nature. You're made in my image. Do you see yourself in my image or are you seeing yourself in your own image? Because when we see ourselves in God's image, we will begin to think different, feel different, and act different. Do you believe that? Let me ask you. Let me ask you. How do you imagine yourself? Did you know imagination is part of faith? That's why you can think you're not an animal. You have a soul, and your soul has a mind, will, and emotions. He's given you creativity. He's given you creativity to be able to conquer because God is a creative God. First thing, Genesis 1, he created. Let me ask you, what are you imagining? How are you stretching your faith? Or are you only seeing what is? Because the Bible says that we do not operate by sight, but by what are you imagining? You are going to go towards what you imagine. In that place with my back, if I started to imagine myself as old and I'm only able to be so mobile and I need this X amount of medicine every single day, if I go to that area, that's actually who I will become. Have you ever seen young people that look really old? It's because they see themselves as old. I talked to a 24-year-old the other day, and I, it, he acted like he was 70. I mean, he's already, he's already looking like he's going downhill because he sees himself that way. I love being around people like Miss Diane and Mr. Philip. They might be at an age that we, they have a lot of wisdom, but I'm telling you, you go run with them in their scenario, in their lane, and start reaching out to people, and I can tell you, you're going to ask God for some strength. Why? Because God can allow us to be renewed like the eagles. When you begin to see who you are in God, you are not settling for what is the natural. You are settling for what God's word says. And when you live in this day and time in 20, 2020 and 21, if you listen to the news and you listen to everything else except for God's word, you will find yourself getting choked out in life. You will find yourself getting defeated, but I'm here to tell you today, you can shake yourself and come in the faith and see the blessing of God come to your life. How do you see yourself? Back in the day, I don't know if, uh, you know, how old you are in here, but back in the day, we had this thing called, um, we still have them, they're called cameras, but in the camera, there was something that was called film. Y'all remember that? Like, it's cool today, like, to have a pol Polaroid, you know what I mean? But, like, back in the day, that was real life. You know, like, like they, they have the retro ones that you can see the picture in, like, three seconds. You're like, we used to have to blow on that thing and wave that thing. I actually have a picture. Remember these guys? This was, so, remember that? Hey, young people, Noah, that's called film. What happens is you... Um, you, you let the light come on and there's an image that you capture. You let the light come on in the camera and there's an image that it captures. Some of us need to let the light come on and capture some images of ourselves. You, you might have caught the wrong images of yourself, but you need to let the light come on to see the image of how God sees you so that your circumstance don't dictate who you are. 
I don't care what you do in life. I don't care uh, how you're operating in life. You will look much better than you do right now when you begin to see the image that God has of you. And your bank account will not dictate who you are. And your occupation will not dictate who you are. It is God's word that will dictate who you are. And if you abound or abase, you have a secret. I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. It doesn't matter if things are crumbling because I have an abundant God. I don't operate in this economy, I operate in a heavenly economy. And so we have to get this image. Now, it was crazy. Remember Walgreens back in the day, you know, on the corner of Healthy and Happy? Walgreens back in the day, you would bring your camera, right? You bring your camera and you turn in your film. And they would have a little back room. Some of them still have it, but they don't utilize it. They would have a back room, and it's called the dark room. It's called the dark room. You had to put your pictures in a dark room so it could actually develop and become the image that you took at the very beginning. See, some of us want to get the image of what we're doing, but we don't allow ourselves to go through the dark room. There are times in your life when you get an image of who you are, things might be lonely, things might be scary, things might, it might seem dark. You might seem like you're the only one, but God wants you to know that sometimes you got to go through the dark room to begin to get developed in the image that you saw at the beginning. There is a promise and there is a prophecy, but in the middle of the promise and the prophecy, there is a process. And if we don't allow ourselves to go in the correct process, we will find ourselves being settled and laid up only going so far and conquering in this life. And so God wants to allow yourself to go through some, some of these processes because, because he does not, he wants you, he wants to develop in who you are first, not your, not what's on the outside. How many of you want to get developed by God? Developed by his word. Developed by his word. Can I remind you of something? The Bible says there is a promise. The Bible says that you have the blessing of Abraham on your life. We can read it if you want. I said it earlier, Galatians 3.13, that God redeemed. Say redeem. This is an exchange. Man, I'm getting so excited because I'm looking around the room. Some of you, God's about to bring you into a land that you never even dreamed of. Because you begin, the light came on and you saw what God called you to do. Man, I'm telling you today, even the capacity in this room is, is the capacity to be able to change your neighborhood, in your workplace, in your city. And you're going to find yourself a lot better than you are right now because you're going to begin to receive the word of God in your life. I'm telling you, some of you, if you just shake yourself and you say, you know what, I'm tired of this, I'm coming up here, God's about to bless your life. Come on, right now in your spirit, can you just begin to talk to yourself and say, I'm coming out. Look your neighbor and say, I'm coming out. I'm coming out. Get out of here. Get out of normalcy. There's a lot more in life for you to just get married, have a job, have a 401k and a little white pickled, picket fence with a dog named Fido. There's more than life to that. God has called you for greater. You serve a great God, he's calling you great. Do you believe it? Now let's look at this. Galatians 3.14. There's nothing wrong with having a dog named Fido. I wouldn't have one, but... That's a great life too. Galatians 3.14, Jesus Christ dissolved the curse from our lives. Do you believe it? He dissolved the curse. That's lack. That's lack. That's emptiness. That's lack. The curse from your lives. So 
that in him all the blessings of Abraham can be poured out on the Gentiles. We are the Gentiles. So the curse was dissolved on Jesus so the blessing can be poured out on us. And now through faith we receive the promise Holy Spirit who lives in us. What is the blessing of Abraham? If Jesus paid the price for the blessing of Abraham to come on my life, I want to know what the blessing of Abraham is. It's like God saying, write it on the doorpost, write it on the mirror, talk to your kids about it. Everywhere you go, I want to know the blessing. I want to know the blessing of Abraham in my life because you are either going to be overwhelmed by the curse or the blessing. What is the blessing of Abraham? Let's look at just a little bit of it, a drop in the bucket. Genesis 12, 1. Are you ready? Now the Lord said to Abraham, get out of your country from your family and from your father's house to a land that I will show you. I'm going to stop right there. There are some things that God needs you to get away from so that you can get into what God wants to bring you into. For us to just say, you know what, it's going to be all right. Just keep it all. That's not the way God works. He says, if you want to go into a land that I will show you, then you got to get rid of the things that are keeping you back. Come on. What are those things that are keeping you back? There might be some relationships that are keeping you back. There might be some things in your life that are keeping you back. What is God saying, I need you to leave this so you can go into this? And then he says this, I want you to go into land, the land that I show you. I want, to go, want you to go into the land that I show you. What is God showing you? I will make you a great nation and I will bless you and make your name great. And you shall be a blessing. Look at the na your neighbor and say, you're a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse them who curses you. And in you, all the families of the earth will be blessed. Do we believe this? I mean, it's God's word. It's God's word. He says, I've redeemed you so that you can have the blessing of Abraham on your life. Part of the blessing of Abraham is coming into faith, what God has for you. But is this the image that you see for your life? If it's not, I want to encourage you, let it be. Because this is what God sees for your life. He says, I'm going to show you some things to get away from, and I'm going to show you where to go into some things, and I'm going to begin to give you the blessing in your life. How many of you want the blessing? See, <laughs> I know many people, I know many people that want great things. I know somebody, they are so bent on being a millionaire, they're like, I'm going to be a millionaire. The only problem is you can't be a millionaire with a minimum wage mindset. They want to dress like a millionaire, they want to act like the millionaire, they think the image is what's going to cause it. No, it's character that causes it. It's a mindset that causes it. Look, you can put a, a, a pink tutu on a pig, it's still going to be a pig. Put lipstick on it, it's still going to be a pig. And the, the nature has to literally change. If you can, you, people think that they can take a snapshot and edit their life on Instagram, and if they speak it long enough, then they're going to become that millionaire. No, 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 God is saying, I need to change the way that you think. They say, you know what, I want, they make it spiritual. I want to be a millionaire because I want to be able to give. But you're like, you don't give right now. No, when I'm a millionaire, man, I'm going to give some cars away. I'm going to give. You know, when I get to this point, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give. But you're like, the problem is you don't give right now. 
If you can't be faithful in the small things, how are you going to be faithful in the big things? And we think if we just get an image of ourselves and make ourselves and we're going to be. No, God is saying, I need you to be faithful with the small things. We don't want to hear it, but it's the way that God operates. It's saying, yes, doctor, tell me what to do. God has a capacity in you. See, it's, it's you know, when Lee and I decided to, and this is a side point. Lee and I decided when we got married, hey, we're going to give our first. Well, it's easy when you're making a small amount, right? But God will say, okay, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to actually, your first house, I'm going to give you $50,000 in profit. Are you going to give that to me too, like the, the 10%? Yes. Okay, $5,000, not a big deal. But hey, guess what? The second house, because you're faithful with a little, I'm going to give you $100,000. That $10,000, you're like, is this Satan or God's? But I can tell you, every time we gave, God entrusted us with more. Even settlements and different things. Oh, uh, 150, 200 grand, can you, can you be faithful with a little? I will continue to make you ruler over much, but it is the principles and the character in place. We want to go to a place that God is calling us to, but not get in alignment. It's the same, it's the same, like, it's the same. We are blessed to be a blessing, not just to have a blessing. And so God will entrust you to even get on stage. God will entrust you to have a position, but he'll test you. Is the stage or the position for you or is it to serve? Because God will actually give you a stage in a in, in a highlight, but you know why he gives you a highlight or gives you a position in your job or elevates you? Do you know why he does that? Because there are people in your life where you're able to use your influence to serve, not to spread the good news on the stage. I remember when we first started the church, there was a, there was a, there was a girl that knew Leah and it was very like, you know, you know, casual with Leah, and she came to church and actually saw what Leah did and, and worship and whatever, and she, like, started to feel weird, and she started to say, man, I actually need to get with you. Maybe you can help me. And Leah had to make a decision. Am I just going to be on the stage, or am I using the stage to be able to serve? Are you just going to use your position, or are you going to use your position to serve? God will give you and elevate you and say, I need to see if I can trust you. The biggest idea that God had with the Israelites, I got all of this for you. Don't forget who I am and brought you out of Egypt. I got all this for you. Don't forget who I am and who brought you here. And what God will do is he'll begin to chip away at our character so that our character will actually fit into the dream that we want for our lives and God wants for our lives. Y'all are getting quiet. It's still good news. The good thing is when you start to step into the character, you will find the grace. It becomes fun. You're following after him, and God says this needs to change, and this needs to be tweaked, and this. And you will find yourself operating in real Regal freedom, not fake freedom. There's a lot of fake freedom. There's a lot of people that I know that seem blessed, but they're empty on the inside. I'm here to tell you today that the blessing of the Lord makes one rich and adds no sorrow to it. There's a real freedom when you start to walk in the character and the maturity of God because he says, look at him, well done, good and faithful servant. How many of you want to begin to get aligned? I don't want to get aligned until I see the benefits of my alignment. There are some drinks I hate to drink. I've mentioned it before, but I used to hate, like, uh, 
apple cider vinegar. I heard it was good, and I would have Leah actually read the benefits while I drink it. <laughs> and some of us, we don't want to get aligned because we don't see what's on the other side. But if we start to see what's on the other side, it's a small thing to give up to be able to get into the blessing. Do you believe that? I'm excited. I'm excited because I really believe, I really believe it is your yes that extends your capacity. God will give you at a place and he'll say, I'm giving you this. Are you still willing to do what I'm showing you, showing you what to do? It is our yes that develops and expands our capacity for the blessing. You know, the Bible says in the blessing of Abraham, he will make your name great. Another side note, if you start to feel right now, if you start to feel right now like, oh, God, I need to do more. Oh, God, I need to write. I need to do more, God. I'm not doing enough. That is not, that is not conviction. That's condemnation. That's heaviness. What's conviction is God saying, see that? See that? I'm going to help you through that. Let's walk together. I see you in the future, and you look much better than you look right now. Come on. I see you in the future, and you look much better than you look right now. You need to see your marriage in the future, and you look much better than you look like right now. But you might have to wash the dishes every once in a while. You might have to go home and actually have a conversation with your wife. I believe it. I'm going to have a great marriage, but I'm not willing to communicate. Well, okay. You're going to have the same marriage. You can believe it. You can have the image of it. But God might say, you know what? You might need to bring her some flowers. You might need to treat her like you did when you first started dating her and ran after her. You might need to put on some clone. You stink. <laughs> God will show you what to do and extend your capacity so that you can be able to step into the image that he gives you. Come on, somebody. I don't know about you, but I am thankful that we have a God that believes in us. He's the best coach. He's the best counselor. He's the best motivator. And if you hook up with him, you don't have to worry because your little bit of effort will go a really long way. Do you believe that? I love that God says he's going to make your name great. I'm here to tell you today, although you are awesome and you are just, you know, you are like the best thing ever. But God is really looking at your generations. Yes, we want to change, but God is the God of generations. I am the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He loves you, but what he really loves is generations. And he said, you know what, I'm going to make your name great. If you want to start to think, if we need to start to think like, uh, like royalty, then we have to start thinking generations, not just us. Look at this, look at this, Psalms 25, 12, are you all okay? Who are they that live in holy fear? Now, this is not holy fear which is scared, this is honor. A lot of people think they need to be scared of God to get the blessing of God. No, if you're scared of God, then you really don't. The Bible says that perfect love isn't in you. You don't, you don't see his perfect love yet. So it's not being scared of God. It's honoring God because you see how much he loves you. It's honoring God because you see how much he loves you. It's not like I'm running away from God, I'm scared of God. So this right here says, who are they that live in the holy fear of Yahweh? You will show them the right path to take. How many of you say, I want to know the right path? Wave at me. He will show you the right path to take. Then prosperity and favor will be their portion, and their descendants will inherit the earth. I didn't say it. God said it. I didn't say it. God said it. 
This is what he says. He says, you will show them the right path to take. He wants your yes. He will show them the right path to take. Then, then, there's a condition here. Then prosperity and favor will be their portion and their descendants will inherit the earth. How many of you want to start thinking legacy? I'm here to tell you today, I know things are hard. Paul the apostle, the dude went through hell. He did not value himself by his, his circumstances. He valued himself by who God is. I mean, I don't even understand Paul. Paul is like listening to God and then gets shipwrecked and he's in a freezing cold water and he's holding on the boards and he's getting washed up to land. And I'm thinking, God, I don't think this is you. He gets on land, he's trying to serve, do the best that he can do. He's on this place called Malta, has nothing to do with a drink. He's on this place called Malta and he helps get these logs together. A viper comes out and strikes him on the hand. Everybody's waiting for him to swell up and die. I'm thinking, uh, this doesn't look like the blessing of God. But he knew who he was in God. He actually had an opportunity because when people saw his character, he began to heal the people that were over the land and actually propelled him to go where God wanted him to go. And do you know what he said about Malta? We had an awesome time in Malta. I'm like, Paul, you're not seeing what I would have saw. I did not have an awesome time with Malta. I had a horrible time. I got bit by a snake. I got shipwrecked. People are waiting for me to puff up and die. How did you have an awesome time in Malta? But he had a different perspective that allowed him to go through the difficulty and allow God to form him to get to the purpose and plan that God had for him. There are difficult times in your life that you're going through right now that God wants you to begin to see different because if you see it different, you will go through it different and you're going to be better on the other side. Man, Hurricane Ida was great for our lives. Uh, really? Man, this pandemic, how about it? It's awesome. Really? I believe God is doing something in the darkness. I believe God is doing something in the darkness. I believe God is putting us through that dark room because it is the dark room that allows us to have the image that God spoke to us at the beginning. I'm here to tell you today, it might seem like you are down, it might seem like you are out, but God wants us to begin to shake ourselves and say, I'm not putting my, in my own confidence the promise. I'm going to begin to look at the cross and I'm going to begin to believe that that's where the power is. The Bible says those that are perishing, that the cross is foolishness, but those that are being saved, it is the very power of God. And I'm here to tell you, if we come into faith about what the cross has done for our life, we will begin to see the power of God take us further than we can take ourselves. Yeah, it might be dim. Yeah, it might be dark. But God is developing you because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Come on, give God a hand. If you believe that today, come on, stand up. We're going to begin to shake this off. We're going to begin to shake off what things look like. And God says, I don't want you to begin to declare the things that you think. I don't want you to begin to declare the things that you see. I want you to begin to declare the things that I say. Because Joshua and Caleb had a better report. You see, you see giants. You see yourself as, as grasshoppers. We're generals and God is with us. What are you saying? 
in your house, don't allow in your house the words that I can't. That doesn't belong to us. Don't allow in your house, I cannot afford. That doesn't belong to you. Don't allow in your house that we can only, don't allow it. Begin to shake it off and say, no, we're going to put, we're going to start to put it on the doorpost. We're going to start to speak it because life and death is in the power of your tongue. And the Bible says that the fruits of your mouth is from the abundance of your heart. I choose to have the abundance in my heart, the blessing of Abraham, not the curse, not what they say about my city, what God says about my city, not what they say about my condition, what God says about my condition, not what they say about my family. Family, what God says about my family. And God was, he says, listen, if you begin to speak it out, there's life and death in the power of your tongue. You will actually create an atmosphere of freedom, an atmosphere of miracles, an atmosphere where you can conquer because you have a regal freedom. You have a different mindset. You don't speak like the others speak. You begin to speak blessing and you begin to speak exhortation and you begin to speak hope because that is the God that's inside of you. Do you believe that today. So today I want to do something. I want to say I'm done with thinking in, in lack. I'm done with thinking uh, with limitations. I'm done with that because we serve a limitless God. Scientists even say today they can't keep up with space because it's always creating because we have a God that has no capacity. And God wants us to get rid of our capacity and our thinking and in our speaking so that we can come into the blessing that he has for us. Do you believe that today? It says that when we go to that place where he made that exchange and have faith in that place, he will give us the grace to think different and feel different and operate, not in your own strength. God is going to give you a grace because you have a faith in what he did on the cross. And I'm telling you, when he was in that place, he gave his face to the Roman guards to be, to be slapped and be pulled on because he knew that the price of that blood was an exchange for you. It's the currency of heaven, and it's an exchange for you to come into freedom. He's saying, I'm already paid for it. There are some of us that are living in lack, but prosperity is already paid for we have to know what the right currency is in our life. Let's go to that place when he said, you know what, those thorns, those thorns, put them on me. Those thorns, that choking, put them on me. That curse, put them on me. I will allow my blood to spill from my forehead so that you will begin to think like a king. I will let them mock me. Some of you feel mocked in here today. You feel mocked because you stood for God and you still don't see the promise of God. And God says, I'm not mocking you. I'm mocking at the enemy that is already defeated in your life. I took the mocking so that you can see the joy of me on you. And I want you to get your mind off the enemy and put it on me because I'm putting these thorns around me and I'm paying the price for that choking. I'm paying the price for that fear. I'm paying the price for that anxiety. Walk with me. You don't have to live in anxiety. Walk with me. The curse is not for your life. Greater is he that is in you. The curse is going to be broken when you have faith in what he did. Come on. How many of you want to begin to, to get off, get it all off and get up here and what Jesus already paid for? And you're going to write it down. You're going to look at it. It's not a one-time thing. You're going to leave here and you're going to feel a grace. And you're going to say to yourself, no, 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 I'm not, too, I'm not stupid for this job. I have the mind of Christ. I'm not going to start to say that I'm ignorant. I have the mind of Christ. It doesn't matter the education you have, your upbringing, or your pedigree. God does not care about it. He wants you to look at him and rely on him. And he's going to bring you from faith to faith to glory to glory. Get out of this and let's get up here. Come on. He paid the price. He paid the price. It is 
is paid for. It is paid for. That's why he said the last words on the cross, it is finished. It's finished, man. The enemy is finished. You're going to have grace. God's going to expand you. You're going to go somewhere that you only dreamed of. And this is not just good motivational talk. This is what Jesus came to do. He came to the reverse, the curse. There's an exchange from ruins, from ruins to royalty. You're coming from ruin to royalty. You're not going to think like your father's thought. You're not going to think like your grandparents thought. It doesn't matter what they went through. You're breaking the curse on your life, and your children's going to live in the blessing. There's going to be a thousand generations of blessing because you said, I'm not going to walk by sight. I'm going to walk by faith. Come on, man. I'm excited about it. I can't contain myself about it because we're living for something that's bigger than us. Come on, man. In New Orleans, the city of New Orleans is coming into prosperity. There's healing for the city. There's deliverance for the city. There's prosperity for the city. There's restoration for the city. Young people come to God. God Take the roof off what the enemy meant for evil. He's turning around for our good. This is not just good talk. This is the good news. I decide to put my life and believe this and what Jesus did for us. God, you took the crowns. Give me the real crown. Today, you're going to put on a real crown of authority. You're going to put a real crown of prosperity. You're going to put a real crown of royalty on your head. No longer are you thinking that way. There's an exchange. There's an exchange. Come on, lift your hands if you want to receive it. Today, we picture, Lord, when you put the crown of thorns on your head, Lord, you did it because you paid the price for your children. You said, I'll pay the price. Put the crown. I know how it feels. I know the pain. I know the anxiety. It's stinging. It keeps you up at night. I will put these thorns in my skull. I will bleed for you. I will put on a fake crown so I can give my children a real crown. And right now, we make an exchange, Lord. We accept what you did when you put the crown of thorns on your head. And they put that fake robe on you. The, the Bible says that that robe, they begin to mock you and put a staff in your hand. I thank you there's an exchange that we're going to have the crown of a, a crown of a king, we're going to have a robe of a prince, and we're going to have, Lord, the, the will of a shepherd. I thank you right now that you're making an exchange. Right now we're saying, Lord, we can't do it, but I need your grace to think different. We can't do it, but I need your grace to see. And right now, I thank you for the exchange. I thank you for the blessing of Abraham that's falling on every single person in this room right now. Come on, if you feel comfortable, lift your hands. I'm going to speak the blessing of Abraham over you. Lord, I thank you that Galatians 3.14, you have redeemed us from the curse of the law, that you became a curse for us, that we might receive the blessing of Abraham. I thank you that you're making our name great. You're you're making our name great. Thank you that you're blessing us so that we can be a blessing, Lord. Those that curse us will be cursed. Those that bless us will be blessed. I thank you for authority and favor and stability and strength and grace and promotion and overflow and love and capacity, Lord, that you are called us to have. I thank you that you're doing it not by power, not by might, but by your spirit. This week we think different. This week we speak different. This week you paved the way for the blessing 
blessing in our life. I thank you there's an exchange on your daughters. There's a, they, there's a crown of a princess. There's exchange on your son. There's a crown. There's a crown for your sons. I thank you, Lord, that you're using us not only to just indulge the blessing, but to be a blessing. I thank you, Lord, you're blessing us to be a blessing. I thank you, Lord, that it's going to spill out of our households, into our streets, into our community, into our city, Lord. I thank you that people are going to get changed, that we're going to have a billboard. We're going to be like a billboard broadcasting your goodness and your glory. And when they say, how did you get there? We'll say it's because of what Jesus did. I couldn't do it in my own strength, but he brought me where I could not go on my own. I thank you that this church, that this community will bring glory to your name in the mighty name of Jesus. If you're in here right now and you say, you know what, or you're online and you say, you know what, I want to believe the blessing, but I don't even have a relationship with him, I'm going to say a prayer with you. And the Bible says it's a promise that if you begin to believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord, you will be saved. Not if, maybe, but you will be saved. We want to pray with you because as right when you begin to declare that he's Lord over your life, the Bible says that you have eternal life. You don't have to wait to die to go to heaven. He's bringing heaven to earth right where you are. You're going to feel his presence and know him. He's going to be your shepherd, and he's going to begin to draw you to himself right now. If you say, you know what, I don't have a relationship with God. I need a relationship with Jesus. I'm tired of doing this on my own. Say this with me right where you are. Say, Jesus, I turn from my sin. I believe in you, that you died for me, that you rose again, that you're alive today. Come into my life. Today, I make you my Lord and my Savior. The Bible says that when you said that, your sins go as far as the east to the west. They're no more. And the Bible says that when one person turns to him, all the heavens rejoice. And I want to do something on the on the count of three, with every eye closed, every head bowed, I'm not going to embarrass you, but if you said that prayer today, I want you to just lift up your hand. I'm not going to call you out. I see your hands. I see your hands. I see your hand in the back. I see your hand in the side. I see your hands. We're going to do, you can put your hands down. Online, online, message us. If you lifted your hand, I'm going to do something for everybody that lifted their hand. The Bible says that when one person turns, all of heaven rejoices, and we're going to begin to rejoice with heaven. On the count of three, can we welcome those that are now a part of the kingdom and our family, the, the church. On the count of three, let's begin to give God praise because that's what's going on in heaven. One, two, three. Come on, let's give God a hand. Come on, let's give God a hand.